Hello, and welcome to the Shadowlight Podcast. I'm your host, Larissa Bell. At Shadowlight, I help empaths and highly sensitive people understand their sensitivity as their greatest strength so that they can build a life that feels good to live. On our podcast, we explore themes like self-discovery, body wisdom, living in alignment, boundary setting, and prioritizing well-being. Take a few deep breaths, relax any tension from your body, and let's get started. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining us for today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Steph C. Woods. Steph is an embodiment and empowerment coach for women. She works specifically with women who tend to lose themselves in relationships and helps them find their way back to their truest, fullest self and create their most authentic and joyful life. In addition to being a coach, Steph is a dancer, a yogi, a nature lover, traveler, and a silly and playful, open-hearted human. She loves spreading joy and contributing to the well-being and evolution of all beings everywhere. I've enjoyed getting to know Steph somewhat from afar over the years. We have some parallels in our journeys as yoga teachers and coaches, and Steph has always made herself available to me as a listening ear and a source of support when I've needed it. Steph, I'm super excited to talk with you today. What's going on in your world right now? Thank you for that intro. I'm excited to be here too. What is going on for me right now? A lot of everything. <laughs> um, some hard stuff and weird stuff and then a lot of really good stuff. So it's it's interesting when people ask me these days, like, how are you? I'm like, I, I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. And I am. And like, I'm also at these, you know, days where like, um, the good is also mixed in with like, I'm freaking tired mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I feel you. And I feel like as I've grown and matured and learned more about myself and the way that I want to live, I tend to give really honest answers when someone asks me that. And I feel like sometimes I catch people off guard with just how honestly I will respond to that question. Like they usually expect like, oh, I'm good. I'm doing well. I'll be like, oh, well, I've been doing a lot of healing around this tough topic, actually. <laughs> it's like that might not have been the conversation that you were expecting. <laughs> I think that's why it's a weird question for me right now, because I am good. It's not a, it's Mm -hmm. not a lie. I'm just also many other things all at once. Mm -hmm. So I literally don't know. I know how to answer when it's like, you know what? I'm not so good. Like things are hard or when it is Mm -hmm. good, but it's like a little of everything right now, which I guess could be my answer. Like, how are you? I am a little of everything. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's just so true of life. And I think that, you know, for me, it really has been an important lesson for me, really trying to hold multiple things that are true at once, holding Mm -hmm. those pairs of opposites in balance, because that's usually how life is. Like it's very rare that almost everything that is present and true and that I'm aware of, like in my life is all on the good side. It's not life is messy and it's complicated and everything possesses a little bit of everything to it. So yes, it is everything all the time, all at once. <laughs> yeah, I've been told I need to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I saw it in a teeny tiny theater here in Bend in between two people that didn't get it. They It didn't land for them. But I was just like, I'm crying. <laughs> it was so beautiful. So 
a topic that I've been looking forward to exploring with Steph today is this concept of living in alignment with your values and following your inner sense of direction or your intuition. So I want to tee you up with a question on this topic. Steph, how has this concept of living in alignment shown up in your life? That can be personally, professionally, however you want to answer. Um, I mean, in so, so, so many ways, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the biggest one where I had to learn my lesson, um, was in my marriage. Um, and I'm now divorced and that was the really hard one. And the really big one, because I was living a lot of things that were, you know, it wasn't just that it was also the career I was in at the time. I was in real estate and I had a a lot of things that a a lot of people would just be so happy to have and that conceptually sounded really good to me. And at the end of the day, I wasn't living in alignment with myself, but I didn't even know that. I just knew that I wasn't happy, but I was looking around thinking like, I should be happy putting that should word on myself. Like, why am I not happy? What's wrong with me that I'm not happy with X, Y, and Z. Mm. And, um, It wasn't until the concept of core values and going through that with a coach and figuring out my core values, um, that helped me understand myself in a way that I never had before. And then it was really easy and obvious to look around my life and be like, well, no wonder you don't feel totally fulfilled with what you have. Mm, Absolutely. And what are your core values right now? You know, I'll be honest with you. It has been a bit since I have reassessed them. So they could Mm. be different. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can give you off the top of my head, you know, more or less what they tend towards. And that is things like grounding and nourishment, Mm. um, playfulness and fun. Yeah. A sense of adventure or spontaneity. And then, um, a, a final one that's really important to me is a sense of connection. And I, break that down into connection with myself, connection with others, connection Mm. with nature and connection with God. Mm. Those are some of the most important things to me is all of those. Yeah. And I, I, I feel you, I've had a couple of really interesting experiences going through that values exercise. One, I think the first time that I did it, you know, and I didn't have the language that I'll use now back then, this is all like in hindsight, I'm applying this. But I realized that that first time I went through the exercise, which the one that I went through, I'm sure there are various iterations out there, but you're kind of looking at this sea of different words, possible values. You can also write in your own and you're just going through a process of like filtering through them, narrowing it down to the most powerful ones that resonate for you. I remember the first time I did it, it wasn't quite resonating. Like I got to an end, like a conclusion, top three but I didn't really feel connected to the words. And I realized that I had been kind of choosing what I now have the words for as noble values, like things Mm -hmm. that I thought, well, yes, objectively, that is a good thing, right? So of course that ought to be important to me. And it wasn't until I went through the practice again and gave myself full permission to not try and land on anything that seemed, you know, whatever, noble, really just honing in on things that felt personally uniquely important to me based on my experience, based on how I felt. And I've done this now a few times over and the core values that I've landed on for myself really recently are truth, simplicity, and pleasure. And in my earlier stages of life, I would have never allowed pleasure to be one of those because 
I had attachments to that, like that would be selfish. And as a recovering people pleaser, that was the opposite of how I wanted to be perceived. But it's such an interesting thing, kind of landing on those and using those as a compass. They really do help me steer when I'm making decisions and deciding what enters my life and what I give my energy to. I love that you brought all that up. And I mean, a couple of things, you know, yes, the the, the noble values, as you so well called them, um, I think is really important because when you do exercises to figure out your core values, that can so deeply come into play, right? Because we're conditioned to think that certain things are what mm-hmm. we should value. Um, and, and it's really important to find an exercise of, of coming upon your core values that works for you. Um, no shade to the ones where you look at a, a bunch of words and, you know, I've done a couple variations of that. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, paying attention to nervous system and stuff. And it was a good place to get me to more awareness, but um, man, I, not to, not to just toot my own horn and like sell myself in the first two minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Do it girl. I didn't, I didn't create the system that I use. I will say that the system that I use was taught to me by another coach. And I absolutely love this system. And it's basically the way that I help my clients find their core values, the way that I do my own practice as well. These days, it's kind of the concept of like, if the house was burning down, what would you take? And then you go from there and kind of distill that information down and distill it down again. And from that, you derive your core values to kind of put it in a simple way. Um, But it's like, yeah, it's this like four part process that, you know, you get walked through that you kind of, that way you're not uncovering your core values. They uncover themselves from other choices that you make in the exercise, which is Mm. really cool. Um, and mm-hmm. it kind of takes that guesswork out of like, oh, am I coming from conditioning or is this yeah. actually what I care about? Absolutely. And that's a really cool, um, way to approach it. I really like that. Let's go through it sometime. Um, yes. <laughs> I have primarily, I gone, I've gone through ones that were created. Like there's a great one from Brene Brown. She does one that kind of has a focus on, um, operationalizing team or company values, like in the workplace. So that serves its purpose over there. Um, but I do find that when I'm looking at this list that someone else defined all of the options, I'm still kind of looking outward of myself and trying to find myself in something that someone else created. You know, yeah. I, I really, you know, you kind of have to generate some of it on your own, no matter how you come to that. Like, that's how, you know, I don't know if simplicity has been on any of these, you know, um, the ones that I've used before. I know that pleasure wasn't included on any of them. And that is a massive part of like what's important to me. And it means a lot of different things, you know, within my own context, in my brain and my body. And, you know, I'll just share too, that really just comes from a place of, I spent so much of my life not feeling good. (laughs) that now it really is like a part of my mission to feel my best, do all of the things that it takes to really feel good and at ease in my body and help others do the same. So it is important to think outside the box and let yourself do some of that defining through introspection. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I will say it is helpful to have that facilitated by somebody, you know, I've done it on my own and I've, I now let myself at least once a year 
have somebody else walk me through the process because mm-hmm. I could say like, Hey, like I get it. I'm a coach. I facilitate other people how to do this. I'm just going to do it right. for myself really quick, but to have someone else hold the space for you. So you can just think out loud for a second and they can mm-hmm. ask you the right questions to help you arrive at yourself and better understand yourself is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, um, that once a year thing is a pretty good marker, um, mm-hmm. to revisit so even if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I've already done my core values, I know what they are, revisit mm-hmm. them about every 12-ish months, give or Absolutely. take, because you're always changing, you're always evolving, and you might find that you've shifted a little bit or that you might define that word a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm curious, what does life feel like or look like for you when you are living in alignment with your values? Mm, oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> I just like, tossed my head back and closed my eyes and put a big smile on my face Mm. when you said that life just feels Mm -hmm. really freaking good Mm. um you know the the nourishing the grounding part is so important to me so life doesn't feel busy I know that's the opposite Mm. of you asked what does it feel like it doesn't feel busy it. it doesn't feel overwhelming it feels life feels very nourishing it just it feels um fulfilling I feel when I'm living in alignment with my values, I feel more calm, more peaceful, more happy, more alive, more inspired, more energized when I want to be energized towards things. I have mm-hmm. more to give to other people. Um, I'm just truly more in myself, which is, you know, that's what allows me to feel actually truly joyful. Mm, absolutely. And that's a perfect answer. And, you know, for this next question I have, I want to recognize that none of these paths are linear, right? And there's not always a before time and an after time. There might be like a standout turning point or a juncture perhaps. So you can answer this kind of as you will. Um, But since you began consistently following your gut or your intuition or, you know, basing your actions and decisions off of your values, what all has changed in your life as a result of that? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is my nervous system. Mm-hmm. you know, there's external things I can point to as well that are easier to look at, but how I feel is the biggest difference. I used to always be running on overdrive. I, I think, you know, five years ago, I looked 10 years older than I was because I was mm-hmm. just stressed and running on coffee and mm-hmm. doing too much, not sleeping enough, working hard, not letting myself get paid enough because I had certain things in my head about what I was worth. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the biggest change for me is the nervous system. Now I can feel much easier when I'm starting to get off. Um, and I get right back on and I get back to my state of feeling grounded. It's not to say I don't move fast sometimes and do a lot of things I can, and I do Mm -hmm. when I want to, um, But, you know, the biggest change is my internal state. I'm not in like a semi-constant panic all the time, which is great. And then externally, I mean, that has looked like getting paid more for what I do um, Mm. because I reached a point of realizing like, well, I mean, I literally just can't sustain what I'm doing, you know, Mm. a few years back and starting to to find ways to really tap into what am I good at and hone those skills and get better at them so that I can center my life around a career instead of jobs Mm -hmm. um it's looked like 
losing friends and making new mm-hmm. ones, which is a hard process, losing relationships and starting new ones. Mm-hmm. And then all of that, as hard as it may be, ending up surrounded by people who love me exactly mm-hmm. the way I am, where I don't have to try, I don't have to pretend, I don't have to cover up parts of myself, I don't have mm-hmm. to, you know, act this way in front of this person, but be this way in front of this person, which is Mm -hmm. exhausting. I get to just be myself 24 seven and be celebrated and loved in that. And that's been probably one of the best and most freeing things about it. Mm, Absolutely. And what you're making me think of is like, we have to be, we have to find a sense of acceptance and understanding around not everyone and everything that comes into our life is meant to stay. Not every opportunity that comes our way or is presented to us is the right opportunity for us. There's a lot of things that we actually will benefit from learning how to part with and learning how to say no to. Because when we open up that space and we stick to our guns and we stay in alignment with who we are, that's when we attract the people and the opportunities and the invitations that are really aligned with how we want to be living and us just showing up as our true selves. And, you know, something that shows up in both your work as well as mine working with highly sensitive people um, is this tendency of people pleasing, which I think is a really, it's a juicy and packed topic. We could talk about that alone for a long time. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on how people pleasing ties into values-based living? Oh. Well, I mean, you know, when you're saying attract, you get to attract the right people into your life. It sounds so magical and almost like unattainable when we say it like that, which I'm not trying to crap on how you just said it, because I agree it is attracting people into your life. And at the same time, the way we do that is often by saying no to a bunch of stuff we don't want to say no to. Mm -hmm. It's by we need to step out of that people pleasing and just say, you know what, I'm going to disappoint this person, but I Mm -hmm. would, to take from Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, I would, I would rather disappoint anybody else more than disappoint myself. You have to get to that point. Do you want to keep disappointing yourself or do you want to just go through the pain of disappointing other people? And I still do that all the time. I mean, this morning I had to let someone who I love very much know that I can't do a thing because it's too late tonight. I wanted to go. I don't want them to have to do it alone, but I just, I can't be there for them. It is too late. It is past my bedtime. I will be depleted (laughs) when I meet with clients at eight in the morning tomorrow. And it's more that it's more um, loving, you know, communication through that, but knowing that you just have to disappoint some people sometimes and you have to say no and instead of focusing on their experience you get to focus on your experience that Mm -hmm. is self-love right like we like to think of self-love I'm going to buy myself flowers I'm going to take myself out on a date tonight that's great um what about saying no because you can feel your nervous system starting to freak out Mm-hmm. that's self-love it's not you know self-care is not necessarily giving yourself a bubble bath self-care is mm-hmm. these types of things like not putting yourself in in situations you don't want to be in not yes. tolerating people speaking to you a way that you don't approve of 
that's self-love and self-care and it's so hard for people pleasers and Mm. I don't think I've been as much of a people pleaser in general I have been a people pleaser specifically in romantic partnerships and in close friendships Mm -hmm. and um it's it's hard to step out of but once you can shift the focus from what have I done to them you know what are they experiencing now that's theirs that is literally theirs to carry Mm -hmm. what is yours how do you feel now that you listened to your own heart? Yeah, that, absolutely. I, I love it. And, you know, it just makes me think, and this has come up in another one of these conversations that I'm having um, with folks I'm interviewing, but just this concept that you are in a relationship with yourself and that can mm-hmm. be a helpful lens to kind of view this through. Because when we think of the way that we speak to ourselves or the things that we sign ourselves on for or commit to, you know, I said this very, very sentiment in another interview recently. It's like, if I have this girlfriend next to me and I see how tired she is and I know how full her plate is, I'm not going to raise her hand and volunteer her to go and take care of this project for someone else, right? Or like do go above and beyond and do an unnecessary favor right now. when I see that she is so low, low capacity, you know, low vibe. It, it wouldn't be fair to her but we do that to ourselves or many of us can do that to ourselves. And, you know, when I have been more in the throes of people pleasing, which I do consider myself and use the phrasing of like being a recovering people pleaser, very much in recovery from that, that was with me for many years. A big theme of that was self-sacrifice and Mm self-abandoning and feeling all of these cues my body saying, oh, we feel icky. We feel exhausted, anxious, scattered, whatever it might be, but pushing through for someone else's experience. Like, and just what you, what you said, really paying attention and being conscious of your own experience of your life has actually been like a pretty groundbreaking concept for me. And I think for other people, because so often I think we just breeze right past that. You know, how does this feel for me when we're just trying to serve others? And let me be clear. I think that all women, or let's just say most women, Mm -hmm. have done a degree of pleasing. We have been Mm -hmm. taught from a young age to be polite and to take care of other people. I'm not saying no men experience it. A lot of men do too. But I mm-hmm. think that most women experience the the weight of people pleasing yeah. to a much higher degree than most men. So, you know, even I'm, I'm like reflecting on the fact that I just said like, eh, like in these categories, I experience it. But like, I, honestly, in all categories, because same thing, sure. I was, I was over- exhausted in work and, you know, it shows up in all these kind of sneaky ways of mm-hmm. overrunning what you want and what you desire Uh, you know even that word like what you desire it's like that's has this negative connotation to so many people when actually what you desire is so important it points you towards living the life you want you know people are like how do I live the life of my dreams oh well I can't follow what I desire that's selfish that's indulgent and it's like well then you're never going to feel aligned with your life do something that feels a little bit selfish (laughs) I know and I do think that updating my relationship to desire and to pleasure, you know, one of my values, those have been really necessary for me just in my growth as a person. And in really getting clear on what I want to be doing and what I want to experience from this life. 
because, you know, I, I think I've shared bits and pieces of this just in our past conversations, but, you know, for a big chunk of my life, I was just striving to meet social expectations. That's me. You know, that was a big reason why it shows the the schools and the jobs and, you know, at different times, like the social circles and recreational activities that I did, because I was trying to, you know, find acceptance, be celebrated externally, whatever. And as an adult, once I had just been walking this path for so long, I realized how disconnected I felt from so many parts of my life. And it's like, I'm here. These are like objectively nice things. These are good things happening, but why don't I feel this connection to it? You know, similarly to that part of your journey. And I think that really opening my mind to like, I desire the things that I desire for a reason. And when I notice that feeling or that inclination or that pull in myself, you know, what happens if I just look at it? What if if I explore that? Maybe there's some information for me there. That's giving me a sense of like, oh, this might be an area that you might want to go and involve yourself in. So really up- updating the way that I even think about desires has been so key. So key for I mean, me. Every word has weight to it. And that's something that we always get to look at, right? It's like, what's the the meanings that this has, that I've been putting on this word or that other people have put on this word around me Mm -hmm. to now give it this type of weight um one for me is selfish Mm. like the worst thing somebody could call me is selfish that feels awful Mm. and yet I'm you know still working on changing my relationship to that word and well what does that really mean to me what is it that drives people to use that word as an insult towards other people Mm. because if we break it down the root of the word is self I like to think of the flip side, selflessness, which is so honored and put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. That mother is so selfless. Um, you know, in a in a relationship, I had a romantic partner. We were sitting down trying to establish our core values for the relationship, and they said selflessness, and I was like, oh, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> not with what I've journeyed through. No, yeah. I don't want that for me, and I don't want that for you. I want your whole self in this relationship and my whole self in this relationship. And that will take some moments of being selfish, of being fully in yourself so that as we meet back together, it's our whole selves meeting back together. I don't want you selfless and me selfless. And here we are just giving up everything for each other. That sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that absolutely resonates with me. Personally, I'm in a partnership that has spanned about 10 years. We broke up for about a year and a half right in the middle. So we're in like the second leg of the journey. And you know, gosh, we we moved in together right before COVID started. <laughs> and we moved out of state, moved in together for the first time. And then two weeks later, we were on lockdown. And so when I tell you we were put in a pressure cooker and forced to figure out all of the things and say all of the unsaid things, right? That we still hadn't addressed after we had gotten back together. We're now in a place where we are so honest with one another and push one another to be so, so clear about what we want and what we desire and give each other full permission to say the thing, come what may, and we will navigate. Okay, what is this thing that you're called to? How do we explore this and communicate 
in a way where everyone feels safe, everyone feels happy and empowered, and you get to feel very honest in yourself. And like, you're showing me the fullest expression of you. And it is often really hard. It's often really hard, but it's worth it, right? Because a lot of these things we don't say because we fear, will this ruffle my partner's feathers? Will this, you know, cause some kind of, you know, challenging discussion that needs to happen? And often it does, but us, we've just found it to be so worth it because he has to be himself and I have to be myself. And, you know, if you're together for the long run, which we would like to be, which we have been so far, you know, showing up as our full selves has been extremely healing for both of us in this partnership. And it's not only healing to do those types of things. Well, and also I just want to acknowledge before I move on, like, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing that. And I love that you guys have gone through that Mm. immense journey and gone to the depths and come out in this place of just honesty and really being there with each other and letting Mm. each other exist. That's beautiful. Mm. Um, I didn't get there with my with my ex husband, hence the ex part. Um, because the more I started being myself and standing up for myself and saying what I wanted and and you know just setting clear boundaries and deciding, okay, I'm not going to worry about his experience after I say this thing. I'm just going to say the thing. It pushed us further and further apart and. That was scary. That was really scary, especially because it was a marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. That was probably, I mean, that was the hardest thing I've had to do was slowly let that unravel as Mm -hmm. I stood taller in myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was worth it. And, and for whatever reason, this is the part that's coming to mind and to heart that I want to share with whoever's listening is that Mm -hmm. it's not just healing and freeing mentally and emotionally it is also physically um I had a without getting into gross details (laughs) I had a huge physical release unexpectedly when I went through certain processes of just standing up for myself in in that relationship um I had uh, I've shared this story before but um on other platforms but I had the experience where my my ex was really uncomfortable with certain friends I had in my life and for his comfort, I cut these friends out. Mm. Keep the story short. Um, and eventually I realized I hated that. I didn't want to do that. And so I told him I'm going to reach out to my friends. And I didn't know how that was going to go. And it didn't go well. He was not happy, but I decided I was going to do it anyways. The day that I sat down to reach out to each of these friends individually, send apologies, you know, check in with them, see if they were open to reconnecting. My whole body was shaking, like uncontrollable convulsing and sweating and sobbing and when I hit send on the final email I had to run to the bathroom all of a sudden oh my gosh (laughs) that's all I will say and I like literally was carrying that around Mm. I was carrying stuff around that was stuck in my gut and that's a real thing all these emotions are so physically tied And that was a real, like tangible manifestation of once I let something go and I shifted what was happening in the world and in my life, um, my body could finally release some of what it was carrying around. That was really powerful. Mm. 
That thank you for sharing that. I love all the gross details. I love the nitty gritty <laughs> stuff. So thanks for being willing to go there because that's an honest part of your experience. And I think we all need to hear these things. And and I'll say too that like there's a reason why when we see these people, whether it's friends of ours or just you know folks out in the world that we look to, when people are in their flow and they are making decisions that feel really healthy for them on all these different levels, there's a reason why people kind of look like they're glowing, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of the converse of that where, you know, for me, God, I feel like such a more beautiful version of myself. And like that comes out, it's really through my energy now, like compare it to times where I was maybe more self-conscious and working really hard to do a good face of makeup and wear, you know, a perfect outfit. That was my attempt. And I thought I would look my most beautiful then when I'm happy and when I'm honest and when I feel free in my body and free in my life, that's when I feel most beautiful too. And that's when I notice the people in my life looking like their most glowy and healthy selves too. And Steph, I could talk to you for so, so long in our last few minutes, I'll kind of and end on a little question that I just think is adorable and I like to finish with. <laughs> Knowing what you know now about yourself, about life, what would you like to tell your younger self? Hmm. How much younger? <laughs> <laughs> Up to you. Yeah, I think I, it really would depend, right? I needed diff- different messages at different times, but I'm going to talk to, <laughs> let's do me, about 10 years ago. Hmm which was a pivotal time, I would just tell myself to know that it's okay to slow down mm. and to know that I'm really, really loved. I don't have to work so hard as far as jobs, but I also don't have to work so hard to be loved. And yeah. that I'm allowed to just exist. And I mm. would find so much more love when I stop trying to be loved. <laughs> mm. My inner child and inner teen heard that too. Thank you. (laughs) Steph, um, if listeners would like to learn more about you or your offerings, where's a good place that they can find you? So it'll be Steph C. Woods. So that's S-T-E-P-H and then the letter C and then Woods, W-O-O-D-S. And that's my handle on TikTok. That's my handle on Instagram. And it's also my website, StephCWoods.com. So you can find me any of those places. And I would love to offer um, half off to anyone listening to this who wants to book a session. Mm. If you want to just do a values session based on what we talked about earlier, any other kind of single session, um, just go to my website and mm. uh, type in, let's do, let's do Larissa is the code. I you love it. Off. <laughs> How incredibly generous. Thank you so much. And I just want to thank you so much. I will link all that information in the show notes as well. Steph, this was a great time. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your energy and your wisdom and your heart with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, like, and subscribe. Helping us a little goes a very long way. If you find our content valuable and would like to deepen your journey, I invite you to join my program, The Empowered Empath. Inside, you'll receive lifetime access to information, community, and live support from me to help you embrace your sensitivity, feel more grounded in your body, clarify your understanding of who you are and what you want from life, 
and gain a set of tools to help you live in alignment with your values and desires. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more and join us today.